Welcome to Five Star Weekly. We now know our group draw in the MLS's back tournament. And this week in the Soccer Trivia Showdown, it's the decisive final between Tanner and me. Who will win? Find out next. Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ and this is Tanner and Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Follow our Twitch for new streams and surprises on Tuesdays and Thursdays starting at 9 p.m. on twitch.tv slash TV. Let's get right into the news, and we now know our matchups in our group draw. We have been drawn into Group E, and we share the likes of uh, this group with the New York Red Bulls, Columbus Crew, and FC Cincinnati. Uh, we'll, we, you know, we first drew FC Cincinnati, and that seemed pretty, you know, that's a pretty good draw there. Uh, you know, and then you get, of course, the New York Red Bulls. Uh, after Carlos Bocanegra drew number three, his uh, you know number that he uh, he wore as a player, and well, yeah, you know, our uh, our time against the New York Red Bulls hasn't exactly always been super fun, but uh, and then you also get a really, I think. Uh, kind of dark horse in this group with the Columbus crew. I think many would have chosen that they might have been uh, kind of a team that might have gone for MLS Cup because they've been uh, kind of recruiting pretty well in the offseason. So with all that said, uh, these are the other groups, and then we'll get the reactions from Mark and Tanner. Uh, So in Group A, it was pretty much uh, determined before the draw even happened in a uh, very curious way that Orlando and Miami would be in Group A. The rest of that group is Inter-Miami, NYCFC, Philadelphia Union, and Chicago Fire, uh, and also in Nashville. And uh, Group B, in the Western Conference, the Sounders, FC Dallas, Whitecaps, and the Earthquakes. Group C, uh, Toronto, the Revolution, Montreal Impact, DC United. Group D, Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, uh, Colorado Rapids, and Minnesota United. And then Group F, LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and Portland Timbers. Uh, Now, uh, what do you guys think of our draw? And then we'll ask you if there's a group of death to you guys. So, uh, Mark, what what do you think about our group and uh, your initial thoughts? Um, manageable, you know, obviously, like, you see Red Bull New York, especially in a quote-unquote regular season setting, and it's like, ugh, but <laughs> it is what it is. I don't think any of this is going to be very normal anyway, but, um, you know, I expect that matchup to be tough. Um, and I agree with you with Columbus being a sleeper, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's a reunion with Darlington, so it would be cool to see, just, it would just be cool to see that matchup. Um, you know, with it, with it, the third place team possibly going through, um, I think Atlanta United is probably safe in terms of advancing, but you know, obviously they should be trying to win the group or at the very least come second. Uh, but I think it's manageable. Tanner? Yeah, I think the same thing. I mean, I think the ideal group in an area would have been Cincinnati, Nashville, and Chicago, but you're never going to get that lucky. Um, things like that don't happen in sports, but. Yeah, I think that Columbus is a good shout for for a decent team that honestly is a type. I think Columbus is the type of team that could win this tournament because of how tournaments are set up. You know, if they get, start playing and get lucky in a couple spots and get hot, then they could win. Um, you know, 
obviously you prefer it to be a little bit easier because these games, to my understanding, are regular season points. So you absolutely have to take care of business against Cincinnati. Um, and Red Bull were tough games, but Red Bull wasn't the team they used to be. I mean, they've lost a lot of players and they've gotten older and they're not a team that, you know, I feel has been replacing the players that they've lost with quality. So, you know, if finally, you know, get a win over Red Bull in the regular season, regular season, um, I think this is your best shot. So any edge should go through and if they don't, that would be very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, well, so in terms of that, uh, yeah, talking about the Columbus crew, Caleb Porter is their head coach. Also, that reunion with Darlington Nagby, but they are a team that uh, can play very. I, I would, you know, one would say uh, in a negative way, uh, maybe in a in a sense too, uh, maybe kind of perfect in this type of tournament where, uh, yeah, if you kind of prioritize just really results and not really a playing style, trying to play attractive football then this uh, kind of tournament really might suit you pretty well uh, if you you know maybe don't have as a uh, team that's trying to play attacking style that you can uh, just impose yourself on other teams and you know definitely us without a Jose Martinez we will really be struggling to uh, maybe put the ball in the back of the net because uh, we'll be wondering where the goals will come from. Obviously, uh, we've seen early on in the season that Jose Martinez and Ezekiel Barco and Emerson Hyman have been putting the goals away, but uh, can that form continue And uh, after such a long layoff in pretty much, what, been uh, three, four months? So it's uh, going to be really a test for us, uh, especially against some... I think uh, savvy teams, teams that are not going to let us just, uh, you know, play at will. So it'll be uh, pretty difficult. But yeah, I agree that we should at least get second place. And if we can get beyond that, that'd be great, of course. Uh, now, group of death for any of you guys. Uh, is there one that stood out, Mark? Yeah, um, I mean, that uh, LASC, LA Galaxy, from the time you see those two teams pair together, um, it does appear tough. I will say Galaxy really did not look very good at the beginning of the 2020 season. So um, it may, you know, in Portland, you know, they were kind of, they kind of tailed off last year. I feel like Houston hasn't made the playoffs in a few years. Um, Group D is also kind of interesting in that I think those teams are pretty evenly matched. You know, you have Salt Lake and Kansas City who you, you know, they're, they tend to be uh, perennial postseason teams. And then I think the Rapids and, and Minnesota United would have uh, been sort of tough this year as well. So uh, I think those two groups probably stand out to me. Yeah. Tanner? Yeah, I have to agree with them. I think if you're D, you have to think of how well Colorado was playing at the end of last season. I mean, they almost made the playoffs despite being absolutely hopeless at the beginning of the season. Around in Minnesota was a much improved team last year. So as far as, you know, Who's going to come out of that group? I think very questionable. I think group of death. Yeah, you think the LA teams, but it really depends on do Carlos Vela and Chicharito show up? Because to my knowledge, I think both of them, their partners are expecting children at some point in time in the near future. So, you know, in LA, without Carlos Vela, that's a lot. I mean, that's the same thing as taking a Joseph Martinez out of Atlanta United. You know, I kind of talked about this a little bit on stream, how Chicharito, he's a poacher, and he's not going to give you new... There's a lot of time to give you. He's not going to give you the range of passing. He's not going to give you the audacious, just outrageous goals. He's a box player, and you have to have chances of being created, you know, an 18-yard box for him to really be effective. So unless LA Galaxy are doing that, they're not necessarily going to be great. So depending on who shows up, that 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 group might not be nearly as tasty as, as we'd like it to be. 
Um, but, you know, I think it is interesting how the tournament is and really because what's happened with COVID, you know, you really don't know what you're going to get from a lot of these teams because, like you said, AJ, you know, teams can prioritize negative about results in the tournament. You know, if you're playing a season, you have 34 games, you, have, you should be expected to play well if you're a big team. But in a tournament, you just need to win games. So that might necessarily, you know, Lenny had it from being a bit more negative given the injury situation that they have with Joseph. So it'll be interesting. If anything, pragmatist. So maybe we'll see not necessarily the expansive attacking football that we'd like to see. Then again, we didn't really see it last year either. Yeah, no, fair points indeed. Uh, for me, I think, uh, yeah, everybody looks at Group F, but I look at the likes of Group C that have Toronto, that have uh, a resurgent kind of revolution. Uh, they also have Montreal Impact, which, you know, led by Thierry Henry. You have DC United. These are all, I think, pretty, I think, on par teams with each other. I think the only standout maybe being Toronto. Uh, and even then, you know, uh, could they actually uh, be on form as they, as we know that they can probably, you know, it really kind of, I think, uh, lends itself to a pretty competitive group. Uh, I think, you know, group A, there have been reports that, uh, you know, just from the beginning, you have six clubs in uh, one group. That's pretty much uh, mathematically less of a chance for each of those to actually get through. And so it's, uh, you know, it's uh, for me, you know, too bad for Orlando City, boo-hoo, but uh, it also is, yeah, any of those other clubs in that group, uh, you know, that is a disadvantage that they uh, have to work through, so it is uh, kind of sucky for them. I mean, if we were kind of drawn in that type of group, I think we would complain as well, so yeah, it's interesting that they did it that way, but... Uh, anyway, uh, if it wasn't reported or if we didn't talk about it last week, it is a 1.1 million prize money uh, pool that will be, I guess, uh, you know, kind of delineated throughout, I think is what the uh, reports are. But uh, in terms of, yeah, you know, um, the reactions from uh, at least Carlos Bocanegra and some of the other teams in our group, uh, Carlos Bocanegra said that, uh, his primary emotion was excitement and getting back to the field after a long hiatus. Uh, he says, quote, We're just excited to get back to playing soccer. We knew we were going to be facing all Eastern Conference teams in the tournament. Obviously, we've had some good games against the Red Bulls lately, and Columbus rebuilt and have been really strong, and we played Cincinnati already this year. We're excited to play, excited to be back out on the field, and looking forward to a good month down in Florida. Um, I, I don't really know exactly what Carlos Bocanegra was talking about, about uh, good games against the Red Bulls lately, because, yeah, they still haven't really been, I think, uh, exactly to our wanting, but uh, yes, if we're talking about uh, the playoff win, then yes, of course. But um, Chris Armas, the... Exactly. And so uh, Chris Armas, the New York Red Bull head coach, he says, uh, the games are different without fans, but I don't think we could meet, uh, yeah, I don't think we could meet Atlanta at a park and no one watching and it wouldn't be heated. We're not scared. We love the challenge every time. That's one of the reasons why we've done well. We went after them in preseason two. There'll be a lot going on in that game. It'll be great. Uh, now, there's a lot going on in the world, obviously, and also in Florida. There's, uh, in, according to the Florida's Department of Health, they confirmed that the state has more than 80,000 total confirmed cases of COVID-19, and it now leads the U.S. in new cases. 
And uh, also yesterday, according to Daniel Udfelder, uh, Florida tested 25,462 individuals and recorded 2,000. 2,610 new COVID cases. That's a 10.25% positivity rate. Does this worry you guys at all that, uh, you know, there's this high of a positivity rate in COVID-19 down in Florida? Oh, absolutely. And I'm starting to see some players as far as, you know, Kyrie Irving, Dwight Howard, and some other players in the NBA who are saying, where are we going here? Like, of all the states, I get the but this is the most COVID-ridden state in the United States or in the world really right now. So you're going to take people down there where it's the highest possible chance of them contracting the virus because of the number of cases that are being confirmed there. And you want to keep people there for five weeks. I mean, it. this feels to me so far, but again, you know, the other leagues coming back, they haven't really had players testing during since they've been going. I'm going to be honest. My gut tells me someone's going to test and catch a case during this tournament for the MLS, for MLS or possibly even the NBA. And when that happens, what are you going to do? I just have a bad go of the whole thing being in Florida because out of all the states, like you said, they've handled things the worst. And yeah, uh, the man, Arizona, obviously. Uh, Mark, you have any feelings on this? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've, you know, obviously I'm definitely following the news and, you know, watching the this. Look, listen, uh, this is a huge undertaking. What's up? You're good. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, yeah, like, going back to the NBA players, like, you know, they you know, they are speaking out, this is a huge undertaking, and at the end of the day, like, most of these guys, most of us, have been isolating or, you know, staying with the people that we know, and it's like, you know, in a, let's say you're in a household, you can pretty much keep track of those members, right, and who they're hanging out with, when you go to this bubble, right, all of a sudden you're placing your faith in a lot of people, you know, and it's the same point I made before. Like at the end of the day, it, it, this is going to take a lot of people. And like now, like all of these people are in a bubble, supposedly following protocol, you know, so to speak. But it really does just take like one or two people to fuck it up. So I can understand the trepidation on behalf of the athletes. Yeah. Uh, now, apparently, according to The Athletic, uh, they've been saying that the uh, players know that there will be health protocols and that they will be uh, kept safe as much as possible. And uh, if someone does uh, get it, they will quarantine them immediately. But uh, the worry is, is if uh, multiple members of a team, you know, uh, you know, test positive, and then uh, what do you do then if uh, a whole, whole team has to bow out because of something that's obviously a worst case scenario, uh, or even more worst case, I guess, maybe is multiple teams. So, uh, you know, hopefully they have some kind of, uh, you know, scenarios that they have kind of worked through that they will, uh, you know, have in place just in case something happens. But uh, also according to an athletic report is that uh, there's been a little bit of a dispute between the broadcasters, ESPN, Fox, Fox Sports, and Univision. And so uh, in terms of, you know, it being in that Disney uh, World of Sports complex, uh, obviously ESPN is owned by Disney. They've kind of been hand in hand with the MLS's back tournament and kind of creating it. And Fox Sports apparently felt that, uh, yeah, they were kind of be being slighted a little bit. 
that it was uh, kind of being planned without them, and now they're having trouble agreeing with uh, you know how they're going to come about uh, in terms of uh, the you know just the money that is going to exchange hands because apparently it's all going to be ESPN uh, kind of uh, you know just the filming crew in terms of uh, just the whole broadcast, and then there's going to be some fees that uh, you know the bro each broadcaster will have to pay, but. Uh, either way, um, you know, it would be kind of very ironic if it came down to, uh, you know, the broadcasters that this doesn't happen. Like, do you guys foresee that, uh, you know, something like this could kind of prohibit the tournament from happening? No, I mean, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's hard for me to care about broadcasters right now, you know, with everything else sure. going on. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I understand the importance of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know all the details, but uh, I guess I can sort of understand where Fox is coming from if that's, you know, as we know it, if that's the case. But honestly, man, like, just work it out. Who cares? Like, just, you know, like, it, it can't be that difficult. I think one of the interesting things that's not going to be talked about, though, is what the ramifications will be in terms of the relationships between Fox and MLS long term when it comes to renegotiating their TV deals. If you're Fox and the league is just going behind your back and not wanting to talk to you, do you really want to give that league money when it comes to future television? So, you know, I think that's an interesting question because there are relationships to have here and you need to have relationships with TV partners because that's where you're going to get your biggest chunk of money. And the more TV money you have and the more money you can reinvest back into the league. And, you know, for me, it just feels like another thing of MLS not thinking long term and only thinking short term about getting things done. And, you know, you need a really good TV deal when the next TV deal comes around. And that's been really important in the CBA negotiations and really important for the players. And if you have less buyer, you know, you're not going to be able to charge as much. And that can hurt them long term. So that's just the thing that I'm throwing out there, you know, in terms of a theory of you know, relationship building. And that's something that MLS seems to struggle at because the players hate them. And now they're alienating one of their biggest TV rights partners. I mean, yeah. Fox carries MLS Cup. Like Fox is MLS Cup, and that's your biggest TV partner when it carries your premier competition. And for you to just leave them out in the cold because you want to get a deal done, it just doesn't seem. Yeah, no, indeed, it is uh, definitely they need to shore up relationships for sure. Uh, also, according to the Athletic reports, uh, the transfer window scheduling. Like the rest of the soccer world, uh, yeah, it's been affected by the shutdown for sure. Uh, but uh, in the recent days, teams have been announcing signings of homegrown players and players from the USL. And uh, sources say that that, that MLS will soon open a two-day transfer window to facilitate additional signings prior to the start of the Orlando tournament. Uh, and sources added that it is expected that the league will open a longer transfer window sometime after the end of the Orlando tournament. Uh, and that could coincide maybe with the world transfer window as well uh, when that happens. But uh, Carlos Bocanegra said uh, to MLSsoccer.com that uh, with, uh, you know, kind of replacing kind of a little bit of uh, at least having a striker in addition to the, the roster, uh, not really exactly replacing Joseph Martinez per se. He said, uh, really with Joseph, we didn't want to force the situation and bring somebody in. Uh, that's not changed. We're not going to force it. But if there is an opportunity to bring someone in and it makes sense, we will do that. 
It's not going to be a. Uh, it's not going to be getting a player just to get a player. Whoever we bring in is not Joseph. That's kind of the main sentiment. We don't want to force it. And so, uh, yeah. What, what do you guys read from his comments there? I mean, pretty much. You know, we're just not gonna bring somebody in unless they. Uh, it's a deal that we absolutely love. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, probably somewhere in there. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. No, no, I was gonna say. I mean, like, like we've all heard of coach speak, right? I feel like this is like director speak. You know, I think um, what he's saying is fairly obvious. Yeah, they obviously shouldn't try to just sign someone for the sake of it. There's no Joseph Martinez on the market. I think we, you know, we all understand that. So, um, I think in a way, yeah, he's just kind of pouring water on fans' expectations. Uh, for signing someone, but I I have to believe that they they have been scouting, you know, in this during the shutdown and even before that. Yeah, dinner. Yeah, I'm right there with him. I mean, I don't think Adam Johns' solution no, to him. Um, he doesn't really fit the style of play like the style of play that we'd like. Um, you know, he's definitely going to get his chance, and I think that's fair for him to get his chance and see what he does in the side. But at the same time, I think that's the position that. You know, as we've discovered via the stream, that Atlanta United does not have a lot of depth in. So it'll be very curious to see how Atlanta United lines up and how Atlanta United plays without Joseph Martinez. Um, but also, you got to think that, you know, looking at recovery, you don't want to spend big money on somebody and then, you know, Joseph's fit in two months. And now what do you do with him? So I kind of agree with what Bogan saying, and they get where he's coming from. But you'd like to see new signings. Fans love signings, especially in a time like this. It gives you something to get it. I just don't see how they go out and spend the money on, on another striker. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we did obviously bring J.J. Williams in, whether he's a kind of long-term solution that remains to be seen. But uh, yeah, they're probably it probably leaves mostly, if we're talking about someone that can at least replicate to a degree, at least maybe even half of what Jose Martinez does is probably someone on loan. Um, so yeah, it's going to be just, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough uh, move for the... Uh, the front office for sure to uh, to bring somebody in uh, as a forward. But anyway, moving on from that. Even in a loan situation, though, real quick on that, like it's a good point. Mm -hmm. You know, you think maybe you can try to finagle like a Pavon situation, which was absolutely abusing the roles. But at the same time with yeah. a loan, anybody that we want to bring in is going to have value in the market as it is right now. No team's player value unless they're trying to get their, their wages off. So it's going to make it difficult as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but moving on from that, uh, yeah. So uh, the Premier League is going to allow uh, kind of sub-on music or walk-on music uh, and also music in big moments. Uh, if MLS had this, uh, which I, I hope because, I mean, you saw the Prem already kind of do a little bit of that Zoom conferencing, at least at the end goals uh, in the, at least uh, that I saw, uh, Man City versus Arsenal match. Uh, there is that, yeah, where, you know, if MLS, MLS allows this, would you guys, like, is there a song that, uh, you know, a specific player should sub onto, like, the possibilities? Like, I said on Twitter that, uh, yeah, I mean, the comeback for Joseph Martinez, if he comes back this season, I mean, that song and that moment is going to be huge. It's going to be like a just mind-blowing moment that I think we'll forever remember. But uh, do you guys have a, uh, a suggestion for uh, walk-on music for any of the of our players? 
Well, a couple of things. First off, it was funny as hell because City couldn't even fill up their entire video screens on the Zoom. So, the fact that the Eddie Hod looked the same as it usually does, completely empty because they don't have real fans. But outside of me throwing shade at Manchester City, I feel like if Joseph made some miraculous return, I'm not a big fan of wrestling, but you'd have to use The Undertaker's music, right? Because oh, he's basically yeah. rising from the dead. And if you just play The Undertaker's music and Joseph just starts walking out like it's WWE, that'd be just freaking awesome because every team is just like, shit, this man's back. Like, because it's the fear. It's the fear factor. It's just these comes walking on and you have that, like, graveyard <laughs> WWE style just getting the smoke going at the bins and he walks out and just like, oh, damn, he's back. Yo, and then you, like, kill the lights, too? Oh, my God, it would be perfect. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just give him, like, just that intro. It's just like, he's back. And everyone's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we did, uh... there goes our chance. <laughs> yeah, if we did, uh, yeah, soccer like it was uh, the drama of WWE, oh my god. I mean, uh, it, it might, you know, we might actually gain more viewers from around the world because of just the, the pomp and circumstance, the kind of ridiculousness that uh, we would be doing if we actually did that. But anyway, yeah, Mark. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. I was, now that I think about it, I feel like wrestling songs are actually the best walk. I mean, like, it's literally walk-on music, but, like, if someone <laughs> came up to, like, if you smell, oh my god. That's what I was gonna say. Oh my god. <laughs> Seriously. Or, or like, time to play the game. Oh my god, I would lose it. Like, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, yeah, or if, the you know, that glass shattering of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh. And, then, and then Joseph just walks out with that just yeah. energy. It's just like, oh, no. Yeah, the, the, yeah Mercedes oh, Benz. With a cigar, would... like a thing of rum in his other hand, just walks <laughs> out. <laughs> Mercedes Benz would explode. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know if WWE has uh, kind of, uh, had an event at Mercedes-Benz Stadium yet, but I almost now I've I've kind of convinced myself that I need to go because uh, <laughs> not even a WWE fan, yeah. but I was just like shit, just get Joseph involved and I'm there. Oh my exactly. god, I'm there. You know, Dennis Rodman has been involved with some WWE. You know, uh, athletes have gone on to WWE. I wouldn't put it past Joseph Martinez if he was into wrestling at all. So that'd be awesome. But anyway, so uh, those are probably pipe dreams at this point. We're just having some fun. But um, anyway, so moving on from that uh, around MLS, speaking of other athletes, uh, Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets has bought 5% of a stake in the Philadelphia Union. And his decision to join the ownership group was uh, not only a sporting decision, but uh, that he wants to help out the community in Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, he said he's been a fan of the sport and he wants to see uh, just, uh, you know, more fans pop up in different cities around the country and seeing how these uh, these franchises, franchises impact the city's businesses and people individually was very intriguing. Uh, I think interesting, I think, to me because, yeah, Kevin Durant, like, maybe not the one or two best uh, NBA players in the world right now, but I think definitely in the top four or five uh, buying a stake into a club like this, I mean, yeah, you already have a lot of famous owners around the league, like a Matthew McConaughey with Austin FC and uh, Will Ferrell with LAFC. I think that just ups the cachet of, uh, you know, MLS in general. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, agreed. Uh, no, I think it's awesome that he um, he's taking an interest in the sport, and I do love the touch as well about wanting to help the community of Chester. I know I think it was last year an article came out kind of detailing uh, some of the the rockiness in, between the team and that community. So, um, you know, if, if that's part of his motivation, you know, that is that is awesome. But yeah, no, I totally agree. Like the the attention can only help MLS, um, and I do. Th- I wonder if it's like. Uh, if it really is like an investment opportunity to where you know these these clubs grow in value i mean like that's what we hope right you know that's certainly what i think durant may be banking on as well so um it is it is interesting people seeing people i guess take a chance on the league yeah, yeah. i mean lebron uh, did the same thing with uh liverpool where he purchased right. like a five percent share right or something really small for like not a lot of money and that has grown a lot. <laughs> That's a wise like investment for LeBron. Like a lot. It is like whatever he invested, I think it's worth like 10 times that now. Like it's crazy because obviously Liverpool are good again and it's. Uh, right. Smart. But the, <laughs> exactly. the timing of LeBron's investment actually was really smart by him or shrewd by him, I should say. Right. And so that's what's interesting also is, you know, uh, at one point, Kevin Durant maybe had a shout as being maybe the best NBA player on the planet. And then, well, you know, he buys the likes of Philadelphia Union, uh, at least a stake in the ownership, and LeBron buys a stake in Liverpool. You you, kind of, it doesn't quite equate, perhaps, you know, where maybe he should have tried to get some team in the Prem. uh, You know, maybe an Everton or something like that, like where at least something, yeah, that that uh in terms of a rivalry would have been kind of uh been really interesting to see too because of the history between everton and liverpool that would have been i think you know maybe uh even more so uh i think but banter would be good yeah but the community aspect is very admirable from durant but uh moving on from that uh yeah in terms of champions league it seems that uh there's a final scheduled for august 23rd in uh at least the European Champions League, rather. And so uh, there is a, an eight-team tournament to be hosted in Lisbon, Portugal uh, now, and that'll be kind of uh, dates across August, and uh, it'll be very interesting. I think, uh, you know, I think, at least uh, to my knowledge, it'll be the first Champions League to have uh, at least announced their plans, because obviously for the CONCACAF Champions League, uh, that's still kind of up in the air and what's going to happen. So, we don't need it. Not <laughs> <important>. <laughs> Selfishly, no, yeah. Just cancel this year's tournament. It never happened. <laughs> what what tournament? Yeah, no, there'll be, yeah, just it's too much money to uh, maybe just not have the tournament. So, obviously, they will have to have it. But, uh, yeah, it is uh, for the at least fans of uh, the English team's uh, here, uh, and the, you know, at least fans involved, we're, yeah, maybe not too interested if they have one, but, uh, but anyway, speaking of English Premier League teams, uh, yeah, so they're, uh, the Premier League is finally back, uh, it, uh, has played two games, uh, on a Wednesday, full transparency, we are filming on a Wednesday, I, I can see you guys, all right, all right, all right, but, uh, so yeah, Aston Villa, yeah, I might need a hug. But anyway, Aston Villa and Sheffield United played to a nil-nil draw with some controversy because of uh, uh, a non-VAR call, a uh, non-goal line uh, buzz on a watch. 
I mean, just kind of ridiculousness and makes you shake your head at why there's even VAR to begin with anymore anyway. Right. Uh, and then there was Man City versus Arsenal, and yeah, Arsenal just couldn't keep anybody healthy, and that's when it just started going downhill, and then the David Luiz show and in a very David negative Luiz way. came on. And yeah, yeah very much. May I say much. something like actually <laughs> complimentary though? Leno was boss. Like, if you take yeah. David Luiz out of the equation, Arsenal actually held their own. Well, Leno really held his own. Uh, yeah. But yeah, David Luiz... We happened and boy did he happen god we yeah we started off the match decently but you know when you make two absolute boneheaded mistakes and then in the post-match interview just say yeah it's my fault but then really not want to say anything else about it and really just kind of dismiss it and uh make it seem like you were distracted by contract talks during the shutdown yeah you're an absolute clown. Get out of Arsenal, David uh, David Luiz. God, it is absolutely, yeah. It pisses me off to no end. I that... do, Bob. Holy <laughs> crap. No, yeah. he's been out really bad for one season. Yeah, it's an option. Uh, and then there's the other, uh, yeah, you know, option of one year. And absolutely, he will not be returning to Arsenal after that performance. That well, he's suspended sure. now, so that could have been the last time he ever plays for Arsenal. God bless, right? Right. Well, you know, there's still ten games, and well, nine games now. So yeah, there's still a possibility. I think we still might. Well, no, if... because he only has two weeks left on his contract, and just That's like true. um, yeah. what's his name? Uh, is it Ryan Frazier at at uh Bournemouth? Bournemouth. Um, who's not renewing his contract either? So in two weeks' time, when it hits June 30th, their contracts expire because the clubs have had to work with those players to see if they want to extend them and to my knowledge david Luiz has not extended it same with ryan frazier so it's like they're just not gonna be able to play anymore because they'll be out of contract i, I mean think... i don't think you'll necessarily complain no but uh it is one of those things i think though uh we will be still short on center backs but it is one of those kieran deary played uh decently as a uh, a left center back so i mean uh, yeah i think we'll at least find some sort of uh makeshift option if you know anything's better than david Luiz at this moment at this moment, anyway, yeah. I mean, I think in terms of his uh, uh, yellow card rates, uh, giving away penalty rates, it's absolutely the worst oh, in the league. Listen, no, and it's so. shockingly bad. He's been in like giving away penalties and picking up red cards. Like the rate he's been, he's been doing it for Arsenal versus Chelsea is like night and day. He's been outrageously yeah. bad for you. Yeah. yeah. If there's a guy that's off the paces of the Prem, it's top it, Louis. So. Anyway, uh, continuing on in the Prem, Manchester United's Marcus Rashford uh, has uh, done something, I think, pretty remarkable. Uh, he said in the United Kingdom government uh, has done what is right after they made a U-turn uh, and they extended its food voucher scheme to vulnerable children. Uh, Rashford told the politi politicians that this was, quote, never about me or you, this was never about politics. This was a cry out for help from vulnerable parents from all over the country. And I simply provided a platform for their voices to be heard. And uh, yeah, following Rashford's letter that he sent out on, I think, not only on social media, but uh, to the pol politicians that, uh, which received widespread support on social media, the government announced a six-week, 120-pound COVID summer food fund that is thought to benefit around 15% of state school pupils. So, uh, of course, yeah, uh, not only great 
uh, for Marcus Rashford and the uh, people of the UK, but also for you know uh, Tanner and uh, you know Manchester United because yeah, your uh, your boy is represented well. Well, I mean, he's incredible. I think there's definitely a good shout that he'll get some New Year's honors when it comes around. I mean, he won't get knighted yet, but he could definitely get like member of the British Empire order with the MBE or the OBBE or whatever it is. Um, I think there's a high likelihood of that happening because what he's been doing is incredible. Because not only has he through quarantine, he he raised over 20 million pounds for the same cause. Like he raised 20 million pounds first by himself and then helped get the British government to do this because he himself grew up in a single parent household in a situation like this before. Obviously, he's making all the money for Manchester United as a kid. You know, he's not he doesn't have those options and he grew up in a, in a very difficult environment. And now, you know, at 22 years old for, for someone to have the maturity and the eloquence that he's had, especially with some of the, the press that he's got in the UK once he really stepped onto the scene. You know, he was really taken to task by a lot of those tablets about spending money and buying his mom a house and getting his family, you know, sorted because they had nothing. And he worked hard and he's an incredibly successful footballer now. But, you know, for me personally, to see someone who's incredibly good on the field but also has the character um, off the field to back that up, you know, it couldn't make me happier as a, as a player, you know, for him to be playing for the club that I support. And, you know, hopefully the, the gods of soccer and karma come in and he scores five goals against the Spurs on Friday. <laughs> I would uh I wouldn't mind seeing that either. But uh anyway, so uh moving on from that, the Bundesliga is done. Uh Bayern have won their eighth in a row. Uh, and that's you know, it just monopolies in the world pretty much. That's uh, just another example of one. Uh and you know, we'll just kinda leave it at that. But uh yeah, Barca in uh La Liga, they go five clear uh after last night uh or Tuesday night. Ansu Fati and Messi got themselves on the score sheet. And, I mean, yeah, there's still a little bit of games, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty commanding. They're all Madrid have a game in hand, though, do they not? Mm. They might, and so, yeah, it might get a little bit closer, but, uh, yeah, still, Barca are in pole position. So, yeah, it'll, it, it'll be an interesting race, I think, to the end. But, uh, yeah, Barca do have the upper hand. But um, anyway, so that does it for the news for this week and for our housekeeping. Yes, we have our Twitch stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays and possibly on some other days as well. Stay tuned for that. But uh, yes, Tanner has been playing Atlanta United in the EFL Championship and doing quite well, actually. And we just uh, not only made it as an affiliate, but... Uh, past 100 followers and we are trying to uh, make some emotes and some other fun things happen for you guys so join us there and uh, it'll be a lot of fun to banter and uh, see how well Tanner has been getting on and will get on you can pretty much choose your own adventure here so it's pretty awesome so anyway so that does it for the news and gets us to our soccer trivia showdown So Mark, take it away. All right, and welcome to another edition of the Five Strike Weekly Soccer Trivia Showdown. And this is the ultimate showdown. It is 2-2, game five. It's a lot like uh, if you remember when the first round of the NBA was only five games, but uh, that might be an older reference. Uh, but this is the decider between Tanner and AJ. And so to kick us off, we have the uh, deciding question. AJ, I'm going to ask you to turn your camera on once again. All right. 
beautiful mane of yours. Oh, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so do my contestants have pen and paper? Yes. Okay. And uh, so call your name uh, if you have an answer down and show it. How many hat tricks does Joseph have? AJ. Tanner. Oh, I heard. Yeah, I heard AJ. So he gets the tiebreaker. I figured both of you know that one. All right. (laughs) We finally got that one right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So entering round one, three questions total. Both contestants can answer. It's one point each for a correct answer. Maximum of three points in the round. In our 1-1 draw at Motagua, this player assisted Joseph's goal. I don't know. Whatever, we'll go with this. Okay. Yep. Contestants. PT. Both of you said PT? Both of you are on the board. With a Sweet. Bird. It was, in fact, PT. It was like a kind of not really exactly PT. Like, yeah, that's why I was either, like, was it really? Like, it, he got credit, <laughs> I thought. Yeah, he got the credit for it, but it was yeah, like... Yeah, I think Joseph had a little to do still, right? But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In question number two. In 2017, three different goalkeepers started league matches for Atlanta United. Brad Guzan, Alakan, and whom? Oh, shit. it wasn't him. It was the other one. Oh. Do both my contestants have an answer? Yes. Let's see him. Kyle Rainish. Kyle Rainish is correct from Toronto, I believe. But yes, both of you got that one right. Both of you are at two points. For the final question of the first round. For Joseph's record-breaking goal in Orlando, this player provided the assist. <laughs> assist is lightly used here, my <laughs> Okay, this he one, actually, think, He actually this has a couple deserved. of assists to Joseph this, where it's just like he passed him the ball, but Joseph did everything else. I will yeah. say, like, I, I think he did this one nicely. But let me see. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Who, yeah. yeah. Julian Gressel. <laughs> Julian Gressel is indeed correct. Starting it right back. He made a nice run. Yeah, but I mean, Joseph chops you guys. And then chips and the I keeper. thought he did some. Sure, sure. But, you know, <laughs> still had to get on the ball. <laughs> it's like Julian Gressel assisted his goal against Cincinnati. Oh, well, yeah. That one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So both of you sit at three points at the end of the first round. I think for the first, the first time. First time anyone's ever wow. gone. We both gone three for three. So, hell yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, it's a competitive one. So in this case, AJ will answer the first question of the second round. Now, in the second round, each contestant gets three questions of their own. It's two points for a correct answer or one point if you call for multiple choice. If you get the answer wrong, your opponent has a chance to steal. And so to AJ, Joseph scored a penalty to beat Club America in the Campeones Cup. Who was fouled? Ooh, that's a good question. I love these questions. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you really do. Oh, man. And you got that, that timer handy, uh, Mark? Oh, yeah, right, yeah, we'll, right. we'll hold ourselves all to 
that standard for sure. So, um, and I could go multiple choice, right? Well, yes, you can. Yep. Multiple choice, please. Multiple choice. All right. A. Mikey Ambrose. B. Florentine Pogba. C. Julian Gressel. D. Emerson Hyman. I believe it was Florentine Pogba. Is that a final answer? B. Yes. That is correct. For a yes. point, it was indeed Florentine Pogba. I think he like made a nice turn or something. And yeah, yeah. he got in the box. Oh yeah, out. I remember now. Yeah, I remember now. I was trying yeah. to think of it like in my head. All of a sudden, I remember it, it was just goofy because it's just like you don't expect him to be there. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it was great. All right. So AJ goes up a point. So over to Tanner. In the match that Joseph broke the single season record, this player scored his only goal for the season. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. All right. A, LGP. B, Chris McCann. C, Darlington Nagby. D, Jeff Lorenowitz. I'm going to say Chris McCann, final answer. AJ, you can steal. Can I get the uh, uh, choices again? Yes. So it was A, LGP, B, Chris McCann, C, Darlington Nagby, D, Jeff Lorenowitz. A, final answer. Final answer. LGP did, in fact, score on a header to open the scoring of that match. I knew it wasn't Nagby, but I just didn't remember who else it was. I didn't think it was Larry either, which is why I went with McCann, because it was kind of a random one. Right, right. All right, AJ, 0-4-2 with a chance to build on that lead. Now, as we talked about last week, Joseph's last hat-trick was versus DC United. This player made his Atlanta United debut in that match. Sorry, say that again, because, okay, yeah, our, the score should be 5-3, right? Yeah, it's 5-3. Five? Yeah, because yeah, we both got all three in the first round, and he's gotten two in the second round. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Sorry, sorry. Okay. No worry. And I, I got distracted, so, uh, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good so, luck. As we talked about last week, Joseph's last hat trick came versus DC United. Oh, I know who it is. This player made his Atlanta United debut in that match. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, multiple choice. Multiple choice. Damn. I wish you hadn't gone with that route. <laughs> All right. So, A, Andrew Carlton. B, Sal Cizo. C, Romario Williams. D, Eric Rometty. And B and C, B and C. What, what were they again? So you said you wanted B. Uh, no, B and C. What were they again? Repeated. Yeah. B. Salcizo. C. Romario Williams. C. Is that a final answer? Yes. Tanner, you can claw back into this one. Eric Rometty. 
Eric Rometty is correct. Yeah, I remember it now. Oh, damn. damn. Summer yep, yep. signing, because it was in the middle of summer. That's why I was like, oh, yeah. I know who. I was like, who's... I was like, okay, it was in 2018. Who would have made their debut? Then I was like, Rometty? Rometty is possible. Yeah, I think the key there is remembering that that was 2018. And So, yeah. good job, Tanner. Cut into the lead a little that bit. That was a tough freaking question, though. Like, when you asked that, I was just like, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, back to you again, Tanner. Now... Obviously, Rometty and Nagby formed a great partnership, but they didn't. were not able to play together right away because of a long-term injury to Nagby. Who was the first? What was the first game in which they played together? Who was the opponent? <laughs> oh my God! You're taking the piss. <laughs> um, I'm gonna need multiple choice on this. Sure. A. The Colorado Rapids. B. Real Salt Lake. C. San Jose Earthquakes, D, Chicago Fire. Whatever this is going to be is going to be a guess. Um, what was C again? The San Jose Quakes. When in doubt, go with C. I'll say San Jose because it was later in the season. So when in doubt, go with, go with a gut guess. I'm going to say San Jose. AJ, you could extend this lead. Okay. Uh, yeah, can you repeat the other ones, please? Yes. A, Colorado Rapids. B, Real Salt Lake. C, San Jose Quakes. D, Chicago Fire. Well, you know it ain't C. This is a guess. I just want to yeah, go ahead and preface whatever AJ guess. says is a pure guess. <laughs> D. D? Chicago yes. Fire is unfortunately incorrect. It was the Colorado Rapids on a Saturday afternoon in which Nagby came back and played with Rometty on that day. So okay. the score remains 5-4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, AJ, back over to you. Miles Robinson has one career postseason start versus whom? Oh, Oh, good question there. <laughs> Is it that team? Damn. Or that team? There's only two teams I think it could be against. In my brain. Damn, man. Ah, oh, that's so annoying. Alright, just, just, okay. Multiple choice. Yeah, <laughs> I was like... Uh, I know just... it, but... Just, just in case. case. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, so multiple choice. A, Philadelphia Union. B, New England Revolution. C, NYCFC. D, Red Bull New York. I thought I knew it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Damn, One son. of my answers that I thought it could be was not included in that list. Damn. Shit. Uh... All aboard the guest train again! Woot yep. woot! Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, what was C again? Sorry. You're fine. Uh, I'll just do A, Philadelphia Union, B, New England Revs, C, NYCFC, D, Red Bull New York. A. A, Philadelphia Union. Tanner, you could tie this up right Fucking here. Hell. I mean, I think it's either C or D. Um... I'm going to say 
I'm going to say NYCFC, so C. That is correct, Tanner. You have tied it up. Jeff was Lorenowitz. it leg one or leg two? Leg two, because Jeff Lorenowitz got hurt in leg one. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was thinking it was the home game against NYCFC, but that was... It was that in Columbus. I was like, did he randomly play against Columbus in the first season for no reason? I was like, I don't. Then he, I was like, I don't think he even played. But NYCFC was my other like guess because that was all it is. <laughs> yeah, Robinson's been robbed of uh, all the playoff performances. He really he has. Deserves, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, had he been fit last year, we'd win the cup. I'll stand by that. Right. Yeah. yeah I agree. Or had, had a really good show. Yeah. I believe it's five five. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that sound right to you guys? I believe it's correct. All right, and so uh, final question to Tanner. In all competitions versus this Eastern Conference rival, we only have one victory. It is not a postseason win. It's not a postseason win. NYCFC again. Final answer. Final answer. AJ, you could go back on top, baby, but no multiple choice is available. Toronto Toronto FC. Is that a final answer? Mm, AJ. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) AJ does go back into the lead. It is, in fact, Toronto FC. We earned our first victory versus Toronto in 2019 at home, and that is the only one to the Oh, because we beat NYCFC last season at home. Yeah, we beat them. Uh, like and we beat them the first times. season. We beat yeah, them twice. We, we beat them in the first yeah. season. We beat them last year. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And in the playoffs. Yeah, but oh. you said non-postseason, so. <laughs> no, I'm saying, yeah, well, like, we only have one big, like, the point is, like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because or else it would be Red Bulls. Pretty much. Yeah, the but, Red Bulls was my first thing before you said it wasn't a postseason, and I was like, oh, well, shit. Right, exactly. When did we beat copy. Toronto again? 2019. Oh, last year? At home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think know. it was like 2-0 or something like that. Mm. Yeah. All right, so AJ is back on top 7-5 going into the final round of the final quiz show with, between you guys. So... <laughs> Uh, Which bullshit question am I going to lose on today about some guy that came from some random continent and played in a random second division league that I've never heard of before? Tanner is already fired up for this. So going into the final round, you guys, of course, know the rules by now. Each competitor will get three questions. The first question is weighted two points. The second question is weighted three points. The final question will be weighted five points, and our competitors will randomly choose their categories. And so, AJ, you choose a number between one and four. Four, please. Four. And Tanner. Three. Three. All right, Tanner. Your category today is Latin America. Now, for fuck's sake. (laughs) So, for two points, this player began his career with Newell's Old Boys. Um, not him. Not him. Not him. Not him. Sorry, I'm running through the people in my brain. How long do I have for this question, by the way? And I'm not Sorry. trying to stall. No, no, 40 no, no, seconds for each. So I want much? To... I'll give a little more time. 30 seconds. 30 but seconds? I mean, okay. You've cut okay. into it already. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's 30 say, seconds. Uh, let's say 10 seconds. I'm going to go with Meza. Meza is incorrect. It is Franco Escobar. Escobar. Oh, damn. Whatever. All right. Tanner, once again. This player made his debut in 2011 for River Plate. I'm going to go with LGP. LGP. Tanner takes the lead. Uh, 8-7. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yes, it was, in fact, LGP who made his debut for River Plate in 2011. All right, so to AJ. AJ, if you're going to win this one, you have to earn it, buddy, because you got statistics. Okay. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> All right. Only once has Brad Guzan held a shutout while Joseph scored a hat trick. Name <laughs> that opponent. Fuck off with that question. No, I mean, look, how many hat tricks are there? Right? Five, but I couldn't even tell you the number of times six. that he kept it clean. Is it six? Yeah. Is it six? Oh, it is six. Yeah, it is six. No, but it's only been one occurrence. So who did that happen versus? Oh, come on, man. I'm, I'm working <laughs> with you on this, dude. I'm trying to work my way through this Yo. and figure out who it could be. Uh, it's not that I'm trying to remember all those teams, teams too. too. It's Well, he... Uh, I'm going to help you. Easy. I don't care. He wasn't no, in no, that for no, one of them. Don't, 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 don't. don't, don't, don't. don't, don't. <laughs> uh, damn, man. All right. Yep. Uh, Orlando City. Orlando City mm-hmm. is unfortunately incorrect. It's the was seven it nil. No, oh, it was the seven nil. Mm. Uh, I was thinking maybe his record-breaking one, but I think who scored for DC that day? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think it might have been Areola because they scored first. Yeah, they scored first. Right. Yeah, I knew it was a DC, and I just couldn't remember like. Some of the other ones. Yeah. Orlando was the three-three, where him and Dom Dwyer kept going back and forth, and then right. you know, I think Rob, sure. didn't yeah. play against Minnesota because he wasn't here yet. All right, I know. Also, that was we allowed a goal then too. Yeah, and we allowed a goal anyway. All right, so back to AJ. I need the names. These three players finished with double-digit assists in 2017. Okay. Uh, Yamil Assad. You heard me, right? Yes, I'm hearing you. Yamil Assad. Uh, Tito Pichalba. Miguel Amiron. Aced it. Nailed it. Good job, AJ. Uh, those are indeed the players that finished with double digit assists that season. So it's 10 to 8, and we go back to Tanner for the final question. I'm so fucked. <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I really enjoy this question. Nah, you're a dickhead. <laughs> this player started his career at Joe Public FC. I'm hanging up on this phone call right now. <laughs> like, dead ass. Dead ass. I have yet to call you out for a bullshit question. All freaking time. 
I'm going to say Romario Williams. It's the only player I can think of that would play for some random-ass team in the middle of nowhere, but that sounds like a random team in Jamaica or some shit. But that question is straight-up bullshit. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer, because I can't think of who could play for some club I've literally never heard of in my entire life. Tanner, I just want to say that you were so warm. You had the region right, but the country wrong. Joe Public FC is in Trinidad and Tobago, where Kenwin Jones made his debut. Congratulations, AJ! <laughs> ah, campeones, campeones! <laughs> he signed up. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> well, yeah, Tanner, if you're watching this, yeah, very well played to you, buddy. Because uh, yeah, that's very, very tough, man. And yeah. Mark, you were a brilliant quiz master the entire time. Really tough questions throughout, but I think, yeah, uh, it is uh, definitely, I think, a little bit contentious on the previous one, but this one was hard fought back and forth, but the cup stays with me. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. You know what, AJ? I just want to answer, I asked you this question for a bonus. Sure. Because sure. you only have one more question anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. In 2018, how many games did Atlanta United win away from home in the regular season? In 2018? Yeah. Away from home in the regular season, I believe it was 10 because we set the record. Dang, boy! It was, in fact, 10. Yes! I would have won anyway! <laughs> yes, son! Scampiones! <laughs> I will take it, yes. The you need a little MLS cup to be, you know. Oh yeah, I've been uh, I've been raising it already. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that does it for the soccer trivia showdown. Well played by Tanner. Unfortunately, uh, commiserations to him. And uh, yes, congratulations on a well uh, kind of uh, I think uh, what's the word here? Uh, well moderated tournament throughout the entire time, Mark. But uh, anyway, uh, and I would say that if I lost or if I won, so. Uh, I definitely got, so it, you know, after the first couple of weeks, I think I got my bearings in terms of what questions work and what don't. So, no, it was fun. Yeah. I had fun with it. Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, there might have to be some sort of, uh, you know, tiebreaker between uh, he and I. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Or we play with some viewers. We'll find out. But anyway, and that pretty much does it for the entire show except for the question of the day and the question of the day is if we streamed on youtube what would you guys like to see from us let us know in the comments below we're looking forward to what you have to say and that's it for us today remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings for tanner and mark i'm aj thanks so much for listening